This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Wednesday, March 22nd, 2006. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Molly Wood. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, CNET's podcast of indeterminate length, episode 190. We will be talking about telecoms and Firefox and game developers and all kinds of crazy stuff, but we're going to start with a Windows Vista delay. <laughs> it just, it seems like only yesterday we talked about the last Windows Vista delay. You may remember it as a Longhorn delay, <laughs> but now it's a Windows Vista delay. They've renamed the delay. I think it's also been a Windows Vista delay over the course of time. I think it was yeah. multiple Longhorn delays, one or two Vista delays. Now, is this a... Uh, Re- delay w- one, delay beta, delay. <laughs> Are they putting the delay through the release system now? Release candidate delay. Delay candidate one. 1. DC one. DC one. I like it. Um, I think yeah. Vista does not exist, but as a delay candidate. So but yes. January now. So the source code thing well, that we found uh, is off where it said December. Remember? No, yeah, but it's not. Windows Vista won't be delayed until January. It oh, will okay. come out. It's just. Interestingly, Vista itself is only delayed a few weeks. Mm-hmm. It will still come out in November. The reason it's such a big deal is that it means some PC makers won't be able to sell PCs equipped with Vista until January, which I don't know if you know. So it's an OEM delay? After the uh, crucial fourth quarter holiday season. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just a, like, will you be able to go out and buy Windows Vista independently in November, but you won't be able to buy a computer with it pre-installed until January? Yeah, and some PC makers might get it out in time. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, so the actual, yeah, the box uh-huh. apparently will indeed be available in, well, no, 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 I guess not, though. It says, Microsoft said it will still, it, it will wrap up development of the operating system this year and make it available to volume licensing customers in November. Okay. Presumably they would, they don't, I don't think they start selling the box until the OEMs the get a chance to get like it on the market. to do that. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So that, and, that, and PC makers are screwed enough at this point that they'd be especially mad if it showed up on shelves, I think. Yeah, this, it's really funny on news.com. They have quotes going back to August 2004 about Longhorn and yeah. then Vista and like all the, all the excuses, oh. all the reasonings of why it's been delayed. I love the quote from 2004 with Bill Gates where he says, we've been through the plan with PC makers and this plan is very good in the sense that they're glad to see Longhorn, you know, they're glad to see the commitment to the date and the hardware kind of supports things that they want. Or, anyway, PC makers now, pretty much not glad about anything. I just imagine PC related. makers checking their watch. I know. Hello. Oh, really? It says, uh... <laughs> Vice President of Industry Analysis at NPD Tech World, Stephen Baker, says the delay would likely hurt retail PC vendors the most. So they're just, they're, and they got to wait, right? Yeah, it sounds like uh, Hewlett Packard and Gateway will have their PCs ready for retail partners weeks ahead of when they will actually go on sale and can't change gears quickly. So they'll be in the most trouble. Well, the good news is that, as we reported yesterday, Microsoft is mea culpaing about uh, <laughs> Internet Explorer not being released independently and how they messed up and they 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 need to get back on track and so they've announced that Internet Explorer 7 will be released independently of Windows Vista and be available for Windows XP users so it will be split from Windows Explorer is what the dig uh what the dig promotion says Yeah for. and it will not be released separately from Windows Vista that's not true it will be released as part of the Vista version of Windows and it will be available as a separate download at that time for Windows XP. Oh, I see what you mean. It'll be released separately, but at the same time. In other words, if I have a Windows XP 
I can get it separately. I don't have to buy Windows Vista to right. get it. But, it, but I have to wait for Windows Vista to come out. Exactly. Got it. Which I have confirmed, according to Forrester Research, will be available in Shrinkwrap in early 2007. That's Windows Vista? Mm-hmm. Early 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is <laughs> so bad. It's anyway, just confusing. It is all very confusing. But it is a pretty big deal if, in, if in fact, I mean, this is, this is according to a Business Week podcast um, that says it will indeed be somewhat uncoupled. Which is a big deal because presumably that would mean you could uninstall it. And then also it is essentially, at least for Windows XP, a standalone browser, which shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we can emphasize enough how much this really does uh, make it difficult. Make It makes going to make it a blue Christmas, as Forrester Research says, yeah. for the PC makers. Because PC sales Not have been... Not the IE thing, the Windows thing. No, no. Yeah, I'm going back to the Vista thing, there. which it is complicated. <laughs> PC sales have been limping along a little bit. People have been afraid of them. And everyone sort of was hoping that Windows Vista would help spike those sales. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen. I know. It's really bad. And usually these technology categories do peak in the fourth quarter right around the holidays. And now basically they will have no. So the worst case scenario, according to Forrester, is they can and and me, I, I would have said the same thing. Consumers don't buy the PC they'd intended to purchase in 2006 and then are tapped out and unable to buy when Vista machines do finally appear because they've spent all their money on their other holiday shopping. You know? I think I'm a prime candidate for this because I have an old Dell desktop at home yeah. and I have rebuilt it, put in a new hard drive, upgraded the memory, and it's still just kind of not – it's a little sluggish. I had yeah. a little issue with recording something a while back and it made everybody sound like the devil because there was a caching <laughs> error and I and I, I think it, there's enough RAM in it. So anyway, um, I, I think that I was hope I think in the back of my mind I hadn't realized it but I was hoping Windows Vista would come out and I would I would upgrade at that time so mm-hmm. now I'm waiting to upgrade and like you say after the holidays I may not be in the financial situation to drop down on a new desktop I know I may or, start wondering whether I ever want a new desktop yeah or if you do drop on a new desktop before the holidays it, it might not be because of Vista it might be as Forrester points out because of something like Vive so you uh, get yeah. like a new dual core machine or a new Vive equipped machine, but it's all XP'd up. And so and you're like, well, I don't care. XP's fine. I think in I my- mean, and really XP is fine. That's the thing. Like Vista isn't at this point promising anything that's going to be so awesome that it's even going to be that big of a deal that it's not coming out. I've already got XP though. And I, I feel like at this point, I'll just use my laptop for stuff that my desktop can't do. And I'm going to wait until the next round of operating system probably shouldn't get vista right when it comes out anyway yeah that too. it's always know. buggy you know you're gonna want to wait for sp1 all right when we come back we will talk about apple striking back against the french at&t clarifying on their net neutrality position and the new firefox do you believe anything is possible at earthlink we do we believe the same company that delivers your lightning fast dsl connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service too. one company for all your communication needs Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. One thing we forgot to note in the Windows discussion real quick. Okay. No, no big surprise here, but as a result of this delay, which no doubt made everybody really unhappy at Microsoft, a little, little management shakeup in the Windows. Uh, oh, really? In the Windows platform. What's that about? Yeah. Well, apparently this is pretty common when Microsoft has uh, operating system delays as they When there's a delay, do. they put somebody against the wall? Yeah. And, and firing they, squad comes out? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and they just get somebody else. So they pulled in this new guy, uh, Steve Sinofsky. Did anybody lose their job or are they just rejiggered? No one is losing their job because Jim Alchin, 
who is the very well-known spokesman for Windows, kind of the chief of Windows development, is retiring. Mm. And so it sounds like no one is exactly getting is the boot. Is he voluntarily retiring? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Dude, he's been around forever. Um, but they will be, so then they're bringing in this new Steve Sanofsky guy to head Windows development, rec- reporting to the guy who will lead the platform okay. products. But anyway, apparently his reputation is a get things done kind of guy. It's not quite the firing squad then. It's not necessarily, but he could come in and, and start giving out the boot. If it's you know not what like I'm saying. the French foreign legion <laughs> where they take you back behind the barracks and that's it. Disciplinary action. Effective yet awkward. Why? Oh, because now- <laughs> speaking of the French. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the BBC reporting today that Apple uh, attacks plan to open iTunes. We, yeah. we mentioned that the French MPs were backing a law that would force iTunes to open up its system so that iTunes music could be played on other players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a statement, Apple said that if the law was passed, it would result in state-sponsored piracy, <laughs> which is totally confusing the issue. I know. Right? Well, so far, Apple's been pretty mum because you know they were trying to figure out a way to come back against it in some that didn't make it sound like we're just trying to defend our ivory tower, which is kind of what people are starting to catch on to and not like that much. Well, so, and, and we should be fair. The French government is passing or is proposing a law, considering a law to open up all online music stores. Right. So that anytime you buy music from anywhere, it could play on any player. And hardware. It's not just targeted towards Apple, but... Apple is obviously the big gorilla in this yeah. space. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously the one that the since Apple has by far the most market share and is by far the most restrictive in terms of interoperability, they are of course the obvious target because this would also it would mean that iTunes songs had to play on other players and also that iPods sold in France would have to be able to play music from other services. The law allows any interested party to request information about the DRM system so the protected files can be made interoperable. Mm-hmm. And that's where Apple's getting there. This is state-sponsored piracy because it messes with the DRM. Now, I don't think it says you can't put DRM on it. <laughs> you just have to make your DRM interoperable. And really, what's wrong with that? Nothing. And it would make it, it would no longer be illegal to break the DRM in order to make something interoperable. In so, France. In France. So Apple says... If this happens, i.e. if this law passes, legal music sales will plummet just when legitimate alternatives to piracy are winning over consumers, customers. Don't you think it's a possibility, Apple, that actually legal sh- sales of music from other services might increase and that legal overall music downloads would increase because people would have so many options? Well, and iPod sales could increase. Yeah, because part of the reason that people don't necessarily want to buy an iPod is because they do want that opportunity to buy music from other sources. And Apple actually admits that. Subscription said, services, which people are super into. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, no, no, no. I'm just saying, I just noticed Apple even says iPod sales will likely increase as users freely load their iPods with interoperable music, which cannot be adequately protected. Right. So they're worried mostly about the piracy aspect, which is well, because they they're say. in, well, they're, they're in bed with the, with the music companies. So they they've right. they've got to overprotect that side of the business because the music companies are so jumpy, yeah. so jumpy. The music says, industry, and then and then they pull out the really scary bugaboo, the one that's designed to make everybody get up in arms internationally. Free movies for iPods would not be far behind in what will rapidly become a state-sponsored culture of piracy. State-sponsored? What? That, it's dun, like they're dun, talking about dun. terrorism. I know. Just that stealing is just, the rhetoric. That from, is rampant fear mongering. Yeah. Like, people are saying, no, we want to have an open, fair economy where consumers have the choice to purchase whatever products they want, and Apple's going state-sponsored privacy. I'm pretty horrified by this. 
Well, yeah, I, I'm not that horrified. I just that's what I would expect them to say. I oh, don't yeah. think they could say anything else. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just horrified that the rhetoric is that sort of strong and, and as I said, fear mongering. Speaking of possibly being shocked, uh, AT&T <laughs> chief Edward Whiteacre, he's the CEO of AT&T, uh, I recently on Whitaker. R- is it Whitaker? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, I I was reading instead of thinking. Uh, AT&T chief (laughs) said that AT&T will not block or degrade traffic. Uh Uh-huh. And they are are firmly in support of net neutrality. They do not believe there should be government regulation, and they would never do anything to block content. They would not block or degrade service. Now, here's my question. That's great. I'm very glad he said that. I support it. It does beg the question, though— As newer speeds and newer service levels become available, especially as fiber gets turned on, Mm -hmm. will you open that service up to everyone or will that be where you prioritize? Is that where you change the neutrality? Will it effectively freeze the Internet in a 2006 level? Not the entire Internet, just the part, the people on the Internet, the services and companies that don't Operated by AT&T or any of the other telcos that are... Yeah, you know, planning to do this unless what? they pay. Unless they pay, right. right. So would you, what we're saying is, would you increase speeds for everyone as faster speeds become available? Because if not, then you de facto degrade service. Now, here's an interesting, we got an interesting email from a guy named uh, Miller who pointed out that one of the potential legitimate uses of prioritization of bandwidth could be streaming. Mm-hmm. Because to have a streaming signal, you need a continuous stream of bits and if bandwidth does start to loosen up it might make sense to have a prioritization scheme that is neutral you basically say if i want to make sure my stream stays solid i'm going to pay a little more so i can get that that done right now that is not what i've heard these guys say no. is their plan well and that to me but would that be a I consumer could, thing like if i just want to pay for a streaming channel or it would be a, actually i'm thinking of it more on the business end where <laughs> i'm a streaming provider mm-hmm. right I mean, Google so far is talking downloads, not streaming. But if I'm a streaming provider, right. then I say, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, I want to pay a little more because I'm charging the customers. So I'm going to pay a little more to make sure my stream gets delivered. Mm-hmm. And that's different. That's a little different in so my mind. So could a telco then offer a streaming package to a content provider? It, that's a different, that's gets, a different, not tier. Uh-huh. It but, gets fuzzy, well, but, but for, it's not exactly the same thing as a tier. Right. It's not the same thing as a tier because it's basically another service package. Like right now, when you go to an ISP as a consumer or a business, yeah. what you buy is a level of pack- of speed and a level of delivery, like a, a maximum guaranteed speed or a minimum guaranteed speed or whatever. So that, so potentially a streaming package could just be another package and maybe it would cost a little more, but it would not be a tier in, ten- in, the, in the sense that they would necessarily like dedicate bandwidth to you it's yeah it's an interesting point prioritized it's the first point i've heard from anyone on the side of the telcos that i think has some some reasonability to it that has some legitimacy to it but Mm -hmm. anyway i'm glad mr whitaker has said we believe in net neutrality (laughs) i hope he means it i don't think he does You have no reason to believe that. I am not generous. But you're just going to be like that (laughs) uh firefox alpha is live firefox 2.0 alpha so it's not the uh, full release but if you want to go play around with the new version uh what's it got in it molly it's good. Don't you know? No, just kidding. Um, no, because I'm Veronica this week, so by the way, I'm like busy with dials and buttons. But that's true. <laughs> and if I get too snotty, he'll turn off my mic. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, there she goes. Bye, Molly. How rude! <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you. He can't be trusted. <laughs> anyway, one caveat. We had a little argument about this yesterday. Indeed, our own Robert Famosi says that your current Firefox extensions will probably break with the new build. So only the technically adventurous should proceed. And that's just with the alpha version, right? Yeah, that's, that's just with the alpha. That's not going to... When Firefox 2.0 goes gold or whatever, yeah. the extensions Hopefully. should be backward compatible or I not. I mean, that I don't know. Mm, we'll see. Anyway, it has... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't use extensions. How would I know? Um, it has a new thing called Places, which is a side panel that's sort of like the favorites where you can kind of control and aggregate all your bookmarks, your RSS S subscriptions, and your browser history. It has a new history drop-down menu and then a new sort of storage system so that you can search your browser history, which actually I think sounds pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it, apparently, Rob says in his A lot of these things can review, be done with extensions, and this would obviate the need for them. Right. It says, this feature is based on research that shows that 39% of all Google searches were attempts to return to pages previously visited. Yeah. You know, I have seen that which before. Which is totally true, actually. I have seen that. I've seen that behavior. I don't do it. Apparently, well, they, I, actually, I do do it in a different sense. Like if I, it's a couple days later and I can't remember where the bookmark is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I just use Google to go. I have seen pages. people like go to CNET.com and they're like, okay. So they go and they type CNET.com into the Google search bar. Oh, really? And then search for it. A lot of people don't know how to use the internet very yeah. good. Yeah. The, apparently, um, though, according to this review, Internet Explorer and Firefox do currently allow you to search your browser history files, but the Moz storage, as it's called, system was designed from the ground up as a powerful search engine. So All right. you can um, improved RSS so you don't have to see the big old XML page and session restore. Thank God. So that when your uh, system or browser crashes, it will restore all open tabs on your next restart. And that is one I do know that you can get in an extension, but yep. I just want that in Firefox. Yeah, it's just nice to have it there. I also want them to add that thing where you can um, un- unclose a tab if you close it by accident, which I got with Tab Browser Extensions, the big crazy oh, uh-huh. extension that let you do everything. But uh, Yeah, I've done that before. I, I, I use it. a little plugin that does an RSS feed streaming down in my taskbar. And I'll op- and every, if you click on a headline, it opens it up in a tab. And I've done it before where I'm clicking through tabs. Like I'll have 30 tabs open from RSS. Yeah. And I'll see a headline. And at first I think, no, I don't want to read it. And then I click X. And then something tricks in my brain and goes, oh, wait, that meant this. Yeah. But it's gone. And you want it back. Yeah. Whereas the, and with tab browser extensions, you could do Control-Shift-Z and reopen that tab. Nice. Which was awesome. And sometimes now, since I don't have any more, I still try. I, I just I futilely press it. It's like a Why missing don't you limb, just add it a back. ghost effect. Well, because I, I don't really want to add the entire tab browser extension oh, thing. You can't get that, that crazy extension. unsupported. Like does a bajillion things. You should with try tabs. to find that extension on its own. I bet it's out there. Yes, but I'm lazy, as we have previously discussed. Somebody send Molly the link <laughs> so she can do that. <laughs> Help All right, me. game developer conference going on. We got mm-hmm. several things there. Uh, Sony keynotes coming up tomorrow. Correct. Yes. Lots of uh, buzz about that. Most likely, we think it will be a little bit of more explanation about what's going on with the PS3. Spin, spin, spin. We think so because <laughs> the speech is called PlayStation 3 Beyond the Box. Yeah. Beyond the Box. Beyond the There's box. also the spin, spin, spin about why it's delayed. It sounds like GameDailyBiz, biz.gamedaily.com will have live coverage of that. Which yeah. I assume, like, everybody else People are starting to go off, like, crazy about, oh, PlayStation's now dead. Microsoft's going to own the market by the time... That's not true. Well, one other announcement, though, from the Game Developers Con is that Microsoft's going to dramatically beef up Xbox 360 production. That's, yeah. Uh, they should have done that Which, years duh. ago. I know, seriously. <laughs> In November of 2005. Hey, good idea. But, I mean, you know what, though? It's it's just one of those things by... Actually, it could work in Sony's advantage by the time... 
the PlayStation 3 is released, people will have had the Xbox 360 for a year or so and and may be ready for another console. Like, I want to see what this is about. So as long as it doesn't cost 500 or 600 balloons or they might buy the revolution. Or they might buy By the, the time the PlayStation 3 comes out, $500 will be like 300 today of <laughs> inflation. Good point. Or they could just go all out freaking crazy, blow off consoles altogether, and get the Dell XPS Renegade 600. That thing is sick. Oh, sorry, XPS 600 Renegade. I don't even want to get it wrong because it is so awesome. Well, the pictures of it are always on fire. So it's a little dangerous to have in your house. I did the video of this for CES because that's where they rolled it out. Yeah. And it, I I mean, I just, I kind of just tried not to slobber all over it. So it's like, it's a factory overclocked machine, quad SLI. I did the video of the quad SLI, which I slobbered all over. He did a little bit. He shorted it out. No, just kidding. Um, It's custom painted so you can get like the fires or the whatever. It's got the new pantry. So anyway, it was introduced at CES. And no one ever thought it was going to go on sale because it's just a totally custom-built PC. Apparently, indeed, they are selling it. They've upgraded it to the new Intel's new Pentium Extreme Edition 965, which came out just today, actually. And if you go to CNOT.com, we have some uh, early benchmarks on it. You can take a home equity line of credit out and buy this thing. Yes, you can. Warrantied <laughs> overclock. Let me just get you all drooly first. Warrantied overclock of 4.26 gigahertz. And then wow. this new, it has this new crazy... Physics Accelerator graphics card. <laughs> the thing is, and anyway. I may get stoned for saying this, but I don't think it's worth $10,000. It doesn't matter if it's worth it. Like, it's a whole <laughs> it's a whole circle of awesomeness I that is created. I would more than five. When you spend $10,000 on a PC that's freaking custom painted by the guys who do Harleys and quad graphics and rah! That is, it is saliva. It's sick. Enticing. Enticing. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> forget PS3. Get every ten grand, and you know I could. I think you could make a good argument. It's a home improvement too. I think so. If you have it installed (laughs) into your house, there's got to be a way to like write it off, right? Oh yeah. Anyway, this new PCI card now currently available from Dell, only apparently uh, it's designed to bolster the physics calculations of supporting games. AGIA, the physics accelerator card. I haven't looked at this, so I, I need to look over that. Yeah, I need to check it out more, but I just like Rich Brown's blog post about it on CNET today. We're excited about the possibilities of physics acceleration. As am I, Rich Brown. As <laughs> Who <am> isn't? I. <laughs> Actually, I am. I'm just that geeky. Uh, recently, I allowed a tax preparer to do my taxes for the first time in, uh, in my life. I have always either done them myself or actually in the past several years done them online using mm-hmm. Quicken. And this year I had a person do them. And great. Now the IRS is going to allow tax preparers to sell my info. I know. Big and mistake. that could apply to the online preparers as well because they are technically preparing your taxes for you even though you're the one supplying all the information. Yeah, this is unbelievable. And let's be clear about who you can sell it to. They would be able to sell it to data collectors and marketers. Great. Love I mean, that. I can't even really... Sure. I can't even stress how bad this this is. What no, an invasion of privacy this seems to I be. They can sell down. your entire tax return. Yeah, I, they can sell your entire tax return? Yeah. With they can all sell, of your income information and everything? Yes. Oh, that's ridiculous. They could sell parts of it? That is absolutely or ridiculous. your entire return, according to the story I read yesterday. Now, granted, these are only proposed rule changes by the IRS, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the IRS, by the way. There's some of my, some of my best friends worked for the IRS, um... Just saying that because it's not April 15th yet. The funniest thing <laughs> the funniest thing is that the, the IRS first announced the proposal in a news release titled, IRS Issues Proposed Regulations to Safeguard Taxpayer Information. 
What? Uh-huh. Yeah, that doesn't that sound like it safeguards no, it, it to me. No, it doesn't even make any doggone sense. It's insane. Right. Barack well, Obama um, pretty much puts it the best. US he's Senator a senator, right? Senator yes. from Chicago? From Illinois, from yes. From the state of Chicago? Exactly. The state of Chicago. Lovely state. There is no more sensitive information than a taxpayer's return, and the IRS's proposal to allow these returns to be sold to third-party marketers and database brokers is deeply troubling. Deeply troubling? Well, I think there is more sensitive data, but not much. Not much. <laughs> like your dependents, the cars you bought, your write-offs, yeah. your, your, what you give to charity, your social security number, your last I think my known search records might be more sensitive. Bajillion addresses. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, let's take this email. Uh, well, actually, let's let's start with the story that leads into the email. Uh, the Star Force thing is getting a little ha- out of hand. Yeah. They say Star Force says, is that right? Star Force. Com- well, we talked complaints about, this- about their DRM scheme were started by the Russian mafia. <laughs> so we so talked we about this yesterday. Talked about this yesterday. There were complaints on a forum that Star Force apparently complaints on a forum. Complaints on a forum would um, apparently will spontaneously reboot your machine without warning if it thinks that you're engaging in DRM circumventing behavior. So apparently that is it's not been independently verified, but a lot of forum posters have said this is true. And apparently there have been historically a lot of complaints about Starforce. It's it's DRM scheme built into about a bajillion PC games. And now (laughs) Starforce is saying that complaints about it, it says, (laughs) were started essentially by the Russian mafia. Well, and then what's funny about that is yesterday we said, well, it's hard to tell if these complaints are legitimate or where they're coming from. Right. And then so Starforce leaps up and goes, mafia. Yeah, they said Starforce Technologies, for its part, often takes extreme offense to negative comments. This is quoting from the latest issue of Computer Gaming World. When questioned, Zidkoff, which is Starforce's PR manager, told us, quote, the issue on Starforce is obviously sponsored by our competitors or organized crime groups that were run CD and DVD piracy operations. We are now in close cooperation with U.S. and Russian officials investigating the matter and trying to find out who stands behind the boycott campaign. And like the IRS, I have no issue with the Russian mafia. No, none whatsoever. Uh, Fabulous people, all of them. In case you're worried, John sent us an email. Uh, He found a Starforce cleaner Mm -hmm. at onlinesecurity-on.com. He says, scroll down to where it says download Starforce driver's removal tool in red letters, and that's the download link. He has noticed symptoms of the Starforce drivers lately, such as watching his computer restart automagically, as he (laughs) says, in the middle of a CD copy of nothing but pictures of his kids. Uh, but I did run the aforementioned Starforce driver cleaner, and it came back with a message stating that the Starforce drivers weren't installed. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm clean. Uh, also, at the link I provided, it describes a manual removal process. It's a very detailed and time-consuming process. Uh, and the Starforce driver cleaner checks for all of that anyhow. Just right. thought people would like to know in case you're worried about this. Because one of the other complaints about it is that it apparently does not uninstall when you uninstall the game. Right. Which is awesome. If you want to keep abreast of the rest of the day's news, check out our sister site at news.com for updates throughout the day on what's happening in the technology world. And uh, thanks to iTunes for featuring us in the iTunes Music Store today. And the podcast page, top front and center. Nice little email from Scott over at iTunes this morning saying, thought you'd like to know we featured you. Oh, thank you, Apple. We really appreciate that. That was really nice. And also thanks to all the people... Conflict of interest about that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> about also, being all, thanks, Apple. Also, thanks to all the people who uh, posted reviews in the iTunes Music Store. If you didn't know, you can actually go into the iTunes Music Store and review the podcast. Oh. And we have about 16 reviews, about 11, 12 of them are nice, and four of them aren't. And that's, <laughs> that's fine. about normal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you think. <laughs> Thank Be honest. You. 
All right. Uh, you can call us 1-800-616-CNET. We may not get to voicemails, like we said, until next week. You can email us, though, buzz at cnet.com. And always post in our forums, forums.cnet.com. Look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.